The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Hello and good Tuesday morning to you. I am Andy Griffin. Great to be here today. A little overcast right now, but I think the sun's going to burn those clouds off. We're going to have a, a toasty day, 100 degrees uh, is uh, the forecast. We'll get a full forecast in about 21 minutes from Erica Martin from ABC4. But uh, right now, phones, phone lines are open, 673-5890. Love to hear from you. I do have a, well, sort of a guest in, yeah, uh, in, in the house. Uh, Craig Bennett is actually going to join me for the first part of the show today. And there's a, a specific reason, well, a couple of reasons I wanted to have Craig in here. Uh, we do have at the bottom of the hour uh, an author by the name of Gail Leach, L-E-A-C-H. Gail wrote the definitive book on pickleball. Whoa. And so we're going to we're going to lighten things up a little bit. We get so serious on this show sometimes. It's all about uh, you know life and death and feelings and politics. And I thought you know it'd be kind of fun to have her talk about some of the where, where pickleball came from, how long. It's been. I was shocked actually when I was perusing her book, and I had it in PDF form, so I didn't have it like in front of me. But I was shocked at how old pickleball is. Wow. You think, oh, it's five, ten years old, right? Well, you got well. We'll, we'll explain more at the bottom of the hour. But uh, first of all, Craig, thank you for coming on today. Hey, I know welcome. you have a million and seven other duties to do, but yeah, it's, it's all fun. I appreciate you coming on. Now, uh, obviously, riots and protests and things are, are heavy on our minds. We've had, thankfully, peaceful protests in here and in Cedar City, uh, but. Not all protests have been peaceful. In fact, in Salt Lake, they had, uh, what, three, four nights in a row now they've had protests, and they've been violent. Very violent. Uh, I think most of us have seen the footage of the people turning the police car over and then lighting it on fire. A guy had a bow and arrow. He was shooting into the crowd and and stuff like that. I don't understand. Yeah, that one didn't make any sense at all. Uh, And there were 46, 46 arrests made. Uh, the other night, that first night of, of rioting in Salt Lake. And it's funny because the overall feeling was, well, these arrests right. are from people out of state coming in and inciting this. I well, heard you say that. It shocks me. KSL did a study. They, yeah. they looked up all 46 people that were arrested on that first night of rioting, and 42 of them, well, 40 have Utah addresses. Two of them have been arrested before in Utah, which would imply they didn't have an address, but they right. would imply they were from Utah, which leaves just four of them as out-of-staters. Uh, shocking to you, Craig. Very, yeah, because I was under the impression that people were coming in yeah. to, to write. In fact, one of the officials I was talking to yesterday on the phone, they said, well, we believe if we have problems in southern Utah, It'll be from people outside the area, but yeah. perhaps not. Well, I, I saw I saw tweet and Facebook post after Facebook post saying, "This isn't Utah. These aren't our people. This, right. Utah well, would Governor never Herbert do that." Said that, right? Yeah. Utah wouldn't do that. Well, guess what? Utahns did do it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just put that notion to rest, uh, and and that brings to light a couple of things. First of all, there is a planned protest today in St. George at noon. So what are we just uh, less than oh, three yeah. hours away from? Two hours. Uh, how did I find out about that? Well, my daughter in one of her high school kid chat rooms, uh, there was a, a big uh, I don't know what you call it, post put together saying, "Hey, we're going to protest today at noon at the police station." And I was like, "What? I, you're not doing that?" And she's like, "No, Dad, I'm not going." Uh, and it's a good thing she said that because I'd have taken her keys away and she'd okay, had to walk thank there. Thank you. <laughs> but she's only 16. I still can do that. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I was shocked they're, they're, that uh, they're spreading that around. And I thought, well, what if my daughter 
went and protested. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. I remember a story Craig told me uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a stepdaughter, was it? Yeah, I have a stepdaughter. I, I came into her life when she was 14. Mm-hmm. She'd lost her father when she was seven. So she, she'd had a rough time like all of us, right? Right. And, but she moved to Seattle and, uh, you know, I'm as an adult, right? As an adult. Yeah. yeah okay. She's in, her, she's in her, um, not mid twenties, um, 22, 23. Okay. So pretty okay. young. Yeah, yeah. Pretty young. So I get this Facebook live feed on her, from her feed, from her, Standing down in Seattle on the street where everything is burning. Oh, my gosh. And it, it is total chaos. And I went, what the, What in the world yeah. is going on? And, and my wife, she goes, Craig, calm, chill pill, <laughs> big, big deep breath. Before you say anything, think about what you're going to say. Mm. But... And I haven't, I haven't said anything yet, as of yet. But she pulled, she had a mask on, and she pulled her mask down, and she got, she got maced. And I made the comment, well, good. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's too bad she didn't take her rubber bullet in the rump. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm an, I'm an old-fashioned guy. Yeah. But you know what bothers me? What's that? Is... I'm not sure, and I'm not saying all young people, okay? I'm not saying all young people are this way. But I'm not sure they even know why they're protesting. It was just a thing to do? Go and be yeah, cool and have yeah. fun? It's like, you know, you get a chat room. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear it on social media. Oh, cool. We're going to protest Black Lives Matter. And I, I'm like, well, okay, I, we all matter. White lives matter, Hispanic lives matter, Indian lives matter. It we all matter, right? But what are you actually going to accomplish? And they don't know. They don't know. Now was she burning? Was she looting? No. Was she there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is she guilty? Yes. Well, by association, here, I, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Here, here's the thing. Here's a fallacy that I never knew until I got older. Uh, is that raising kids is harder than having adult children. I always thought, okay, you get kids, and, you, you know, when they're young, you've got diapers, and you've got the whole thing, and especially if you have a big family. I've got five kids. And then they get to teenagers, and like, oh, this is way harder than when they were little because you have, right. you're losing control a little bit, and they're teenagers, and they're, they're, they're expanding their horizons, so to speak, and, and doing things that you wouldn't have them do if you had any, any control. And then they get to be adults, and your control as a parent— Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. You, I mean, you—and and that's just—my my kid, my oldest is 29—he'll be 29 in a, in a month or so. So I, I, I've just barely discovered this in the last decade or so, that mm-hmm. yeah. having adult kids is way harder than having young kids because they do all this stuff, and you can't do anything about no. it. No, you can't say— you're grounded. No, you, know I mean? you, can't, well, you, you can't even really criticize because what happens when you criticize your adult kid? They stop coming around. They do. They you stop. Yeah, you can't. They, they they don't want to be around you because you know they're you're negative or whatever. And so, man, Craig, well, I, and I, I feel I, for you. I understand that she has her right to do that. I, I got mm-hmm. that. All I'm asking her to do is, and I have contacted her 
a little bit, but not like I'm going to. <laughs> I want her to, and not just her, all of all of us, get some facts. Really understand why you're going to protest, or if you're going to protest. What does stopping traffic have to do with the poor person trying to drive to Walmart? Right. That that you're keeping from driving. What do they do? They're not even protesting. So stay on the sidewalk, flash your sign, you know, it's legal. I'd kill for the right for you to do it. Just don't and as soon as you break the law, you're a rioter. Okay. You're over the edge. Yeah. But just, you know, be considerate of the people around you. Do you ever watch? Can you tell I'm passionate about yeah. this? <laughs> Sorry. Do you ever watch the show The Goldbergs? You know that show? It's kind of an '80s period piece uh, sitcom. It's pretty funny. It's a good show. But uh, one of the things that Dan always says to his teenage kids on The Goldbergs: Don't be a moron. You know, I mean, hey, you know, okay. they're going yeah, to a party. Right. Don't be a moron. And I may have said that before. <laughs> yeah, me too. And and the kids are like, Dad, why do you have to talk so mean? Why do you like that? And he finally, on one episode, he sat down and explained to his kids. He says, I'm not calling you a moron. I'm telling you that these behaviors that morons do, you know, taking drugs and things like that, I don't want you to do those things because I love you so much. I care about you. I don't want you to be a moron. Right. And, and, and have you ever noticed kids kind of once in a while, they, they I mean, she grew up in, in Perwin. I mean, God, really? And now she's in Seattle protesting right. on this, exactly. rioting on the streets. Right yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. I haven't called her so, a moron yet, but I, I may have to make it out. Don't call her one. Tell no. her not to be one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't act like one. The the other reason I want to Craig, and we'll, we'll revisit this in a minute, but the other reason I want Craig on the show is uh, Craig very rarely gets a voice when without a script in front of him. And I thought, you know, listeners might want to call and ask Craig a couple of questions just about the news or about his uh, personal life. I'm sure he'll share some, not all. Oh, sure. Uh, so I'm an open book. If you want to call 673-5890 with this uh, little caveat, we have had some phone line issues today. Uh, hopefully we've got them resolved. In fact, the engineer came in during, well, Brandon Hansen was on the air and was hurriedly connecting. And you know what engineers do? They come in with all their screwdrivers and their wire cutters and stuff like that. And, and as he's leaving, he said, all right, it's working, but it's a workaround. I'll have to really fix it after your show's over today. I don't know what that means, Craig. <laughs> it's kind of like how I fix cars. <laughs> yeah. A workaround? Yeah, kind of a workaround. Anyway, let's go to the phone line and see if it works. Caller, can you hear us? I can hear you. Oh, yay! Oh, Congratulations. Our phone lines have been so wonky today, but what's on your mind? Listen, um, well, I'm getting a real feedback on your line. Oh, I'm sorry. And your radio's turned down? Yeah, it is, and it's, it's really, it's, it's confusing. I can see why you tell people they've got to turn their radios down. Yeah, that echo really messes yeah, with their mind. Does. Is it better now? It sounds like it got a little better. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. My question is more aimed at Andy. Is He said one time that he moved to this part of the country because we didn't have certain things going on. Okay. Are you a little surprised about the rioting in Salt Lake and what may come down here? 
Um, yeah, I think that's a good question. Am I surprised a little bit? Yeah, especially the violence part of it. I'm not surprised there's protests, but if you remember, Salt Lake has become pretty darn liberal compared to the rest of the state now. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a, dem- it's a democratic city, and I, I think they're revolting against the oppression that's been up there through the years. Hmm. Oppression, you mean, are you talking about, like, the, the church, or what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, you know, they they didn't allow certain minorities to herd, to have certain offices, and I think it's come back to bite them in their rear end. Well, that was, boy, that was 40 years ago, though. You think, really, that's still a factor? Well, 40 years isn't very far when you're talking about repatriation. Repa- repa- from 400 years ago. I can remember that very clearly. I can remember the riots in Detroit. I lived there at that time. Mm-hmm. And that seems just like yesterday. So I don't think you're going to get by with poo-poo in that whole thing. Right. No, I, I I think, boy, I don't know. There's riots all over the country, though. What what are What is everybody else writing about if, if they're writing about oppression in Salt Lake? Well, I don't think anybody really knows what they're rioting about. Uh, dang, that's my uh, that's It's the my same way in Salt Lake. And all I over Salt Lake, I saw a BYU sweatshirt in those protesters. Really? Yeah. Well, do, do, I, first of all, let me say this. I, I agree with protesting, and I support protesting. Yep, if I if you see a social injustice protest, it's when they cross a line and turn into looters and rioters. That I don't agree with. Yeah. Well, so. one thing I think you've seen in the last couple of days, because I think you've seen the unraveling of uh, of uh, Donald Trump's presidency. I don't think it'll hmm. ever be the same. Hmm. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. What do you think, Greg? I I feel like that the Trump has Trump has made a couple of missteps. Yeah, I think like, his little—he's well, human. Un- yeah. Unless, unless more is revealed, I think his little photo op yesterday was not a good idea. Yeah. You know, Probably clearing the park the so he could go for a walk to yeah, the church—that wasn't the best. I, I don't, I don't like that, and I, you know, I, I also don't like Joe Biden ripping him a new one because of it. I don't, you know, I mean, it's one thing calling him out, but it's another thing calling him names. There's, there's a difference there. You know, one thing I, I did like about President Trump is he said, "Okay, I'm not going to lord over the governors," so he'd say, "Governors." You do what you feel is best for your state. But they didn't. But they didn't. Yeah. Then the governors in some states said, okay, mayors and commissioners, you know what's going on in your area. So you make the decision. So that's one thing I like about him. Um, Kind of makes me nervous when he says... He's going to bring in the military. <laughs> that, that's little, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last thing we need is a major. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, don't think so. Think Kent State, right? No. Back in the sixties. So yeah, I lived through this sixties, but I was young. But I remember very well. Craig, do you mind saying on the air how old you are? Oh, sixty-three. Sixty-three. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I barely missed Vietnam. Okay. Um, I did have my draft number in, and I was, but the, it stopped before. So you would have been like Vietnam when America's main involvement was late 60s, right? Yeah, because I main, but it went into the, the 70s because I graduated bit, yeah. in 75. Yeah, so it was like 72 yeah. is when we finally, right. I think, pulled completely I'm an old there. guy. So, that, yeah, that was really close. You yeah. were probably, as you were in junior high school and yeah, even early I, high school, thinking about, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to Make love, not war. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. And it didn't work then, and it's not going to work now. Yeah. 
You know, they burn stuff. I have a friend that's a, a really, well, he was a firefighter in L.A. during the riots. And he was getting shot at. Hmm. And so they as had a to firefighter. Pull, as a firefighter, wow. trying to put out the fires. And he said, I couldn't believe I was being shot at trying to put out their buildings. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to that, save your, your, your house. Yeah, that's how nuts this gets. And I don't want, I hope it doesn't get that nuts here. If you want to call uh, 673-5890, we've got Craig Bennett on for a few minutes. Craig uh, is, of course, our, the newsman here at KDXU has been for well, a couple of years now, right? Yeah, a few years. And uh, Craig has been traffic guy, uh, keeping an eye on the on the uh, roads for, what, 20 years? Gosh, since 2005? Well, 15 years. Yeah. yeah, a long time. Craig used to fly his airplane around and watch traffic. He doesn't fly so much anymore. No, I really don't. Technology is too good. Yeah. But uh, if you have a question for Craig or for me, well, I'd love to hear from you. Six seven three five eight nine zero, and uh, we'll, we'll get you on the air. Craig, of course, uh, we were talking about the riots. His his stepdaughter was in Seattle during the riots. Uh, my daughter brought up to me yesterday that uh, there was going to be a protest here in St. George today at noon, uh, and uh, they, I guess, they were trying to get large groups. They, they were posting all these young people. Uh, chat rooms and things to meet at the police station at noon today. Uh, first of all, if my daughter were to ask me if she can go to a protest, I'd be like, absolutely, but. And there'd be a big old but there, a comma and a B-U-T, and it right. would be, if anything, if you guys do anything illegal, if things start to turn illegal or dangerous, you get out of there. If you have to call me, I'll come pull you out of there. But, uh, yeah. Let I, me ask you a question. Yeah. Andy, I was, I was talking to my wife last night about this. I said, you know, Sometimes, and I, I raised three boys, and I had trouble with them. Mm-hmm. Two of them were turned out really good. One of them, not not so good. <laughs> but I said, it's kind of like they're a, a ship without a rudder. And whatever the wind, whichever way the wind is blowing, is like, well, today I'm a vegan. No, mm-hmm. tomorrow That's I'm true. a vegetarian. There's a lot of that, isn't Well, it? now I'm going to protest Black Lives Matter. Well, now I'm going to do this. Well, now I'm going to... Go over here. And it's that's why I was saying get some info before you and then decide. Yeah. yeah. Then decide. Then whatever you decide, you know, I'll fight for it. And I, I don't but, know at what age you start giving your kids that the availability to get that information. I, I think have, they start to take it. I have an 18 and a 16-year-old. And so we can discuss things pretty frankly, when, you know, when it comes to COVID-19 or it comes to protests and Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and, and all those things because they're basically pretty close to adults. But, right. you know, at, I don't know, at six or eight, is that something you talk about with your kids? I don't know that early. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know what's really interesting is as they get older, and even my stepdaughter has come back to me and said, what do you think about this? And I really love it when they do that. And hmm. my, my boys still do it. And I've got one that's in Florida and one that's in Arizona selling tough apparel. Yeah. Go figure. You can throw but, you can throw a plug in for yeah. him. He was on Shark Tank and got got picked up by one of the sharks. Yeah, he did. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but they they still call me and say, "Dad, what do you think about this?" But the thing that bothered me on this, and I'll be very frank, uh, she told her mother, 
I'm calling to let you know I'm going to do it. I know you don't want me to, but it's not your decision now. Ooh, yeah. Okay, you want to light a fire? It's under... almost like waving a little flag and yeah, saying, you, wanna... you can't stop me. Yeah, did you just light a fire under me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the rocket's going off. Yeah, Craig, anyway. we're getting close to the bottom of the hour. I okay. do want to get this one phone call in. Uh, caller, you're on with, uh, with Craig and Andy. How are you? Hey, good. Thanks. Thank you for calling. Oh, feedback. Okay, I'm sorry. It sounds really funny. The last caller said he lived in Detroit during the riots, and so did I. And I just wanted to kind of say, yeah, it was scary, but uh, right after it was over, the Tigers won the pennant for the year. Right. Everybody, black, white, yellow, whatever, went downtown and partied together. And there was no bad feelings. It went away. Uh, Detroit burned. I mean, it really did. But um, that's a sad thing. I wanted to ask about Ben Shapiro yesterday said there were less than 100 people shot, uh, um, uh, unarmed people shot in a whole year. And only about half of those were black. So what's the protest about? Boy, that's a- uh, all lives matter. I mean, but they're going, they're saying uh, 400 years of massacre and all this kind of stuff. That's just not true. They're whipping no. it up, and it's Antifa, and it's obvious to me that it's Antifa. Let me, let me we throw- need to save our country. I agree. Yeah. Let me throw a number at you. I, I read this yesterday. It was, a, it was a study. I think it was New York Times or Post or one of those, uh, but it said, uh, they did a study on the last, like, I think it was the last 10 years of white on black versus black on white violence. And 85% were black people killing or assaulting white people. 85%. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've so. heard it all. Living in Detroit, it was, it was not horrible. It was wonderful. I had a lot of people that were friends, no matter what color they were. But yes, when there was crime, it was almost always black on white. All right. Thank you for the call. I can't imagine it's changed. Appreciate you calling today. Good to talk to you. Craig, i got to get a weather break in, and we've got an author author who's waiting to be on the air. Uh, We didn't get a lot of information about you personally, but uh, we'll we'll get more of that later. Cool. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Craig Bennett joining me today on the Andy Griffin Show. We do have to get weather break in, and then Gail Leach will join us on the other side. Welcome back to the program. I am Andy Griffin. This is the Andy Griffin Show. Thank you for tuning in today. Man, things have been so heavy lately between COVID-19 and the rioting and the different cities and even some protests right here in St. George. But uh, I thought we'd lighten things up a little bit and talk about something that's a little bit dear to my heart. I'm not going to lie. It's it's pickleball. And so we've got the author of The Art of Pickleball, Gail Leach, with us today. Gail, how are you? I am fine, thanks. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Now, I discovered pickleball. I'd say it's been about five years, uh, five or six years now, and I thought it had just been invented. I was like, mm, "Yeah, new sport. This is fun. It's it's like tennis, but less running. It's like ping pong, but you're at, you know bigger paddle, bigger ball, a little bit of exercise." And so I was I was pretty jazzed about it. And I thought, "I'm glad that somebody invented this sport recently." And then I looked at your book. <laughs> Well, actually, I found out sooner, but then I looked closer at your book, and I was like, uh, pickleball's been around a long time, hasn't it, Gail? It really has, and I felt the same way you did when I first found it in, what, 2004? 
Wow. Uh, only to discover that it had really started, what, back in the, gosh, I should know that Mid, back. <laughs> Mid-60s, I think, is when they first started kind of exploring it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit, uh, I, I know you go over it in your book, but uh, maybe, and we'll talk about it. By the way, it's The Art of Pickleball by Gail Leach, and it's on Amazon. You can also go to, I think, gailleach.com, right? Is it, you got your own website? Yes. Uh, but uh, you, you tell the story kind of of the beginnings of pickleball, and first of all, the timing. It was in the 60s? Really? I was shocked. That's when I was born, Gail. <laughs> uh, I know, and I was only slightly before you. Uh, it did start in somebody's backyard on Bainbridge Island in Washington State. Uh, the people there, they were working for Boeing, many of them, and they had uh, uh, pieces of some of the material that they used for, uh, what is it, structural integrity in airplanes. Mm-hmm. This was a leftover material. Uh, they started making pickleball paddles out of that and so on, but I'm getting ahead of myself. The game <laughs> was just a backyard game started for the kids. They found a uh, old, what is it, a badminton birdie. They tried using that with some paddles because they didn't have the rackets. Anyway, one thing led to another. They discovered that a ball, like a whistle ball they had also worked well. And suddenly a game was born that the parents couldn't stop playing. Hmm. And more and more people came by, more and more people built courts in their backyards, and the sport began. And obviously the sport was named Pickleball because the ball looks like a pickle. No, I'm just kidding. That's not (laughs) why it was named Pickleball. I always say that it's a wonderful sport with a silly name. Yeah. People remember it, certainly. But there are many stories about the name. The one that, well, I guess most circulated is that there was a dog named Pickles Mm -hmm. who used to run away with the ball. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know if it's the true story, but we'll stick with that one. (laughs) It's a good thing his name wasn't, well, something worse, or who knows what our sport would be be named nowadays. But, um, you know, pickleball is such an interesting sport in that um, it, it... First of all, let me me say, it takes a a monumental effort to insert something into America's psyche. And if you look for for many, 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 many years, maybe maybe for as long as tennis has been around, tennis has been kind of the recreational sport for outdoorsmen, uh, for people who want to play outdoors. I grew up playing tennis. Uh, You know, we used to play until they turned the lights off at night, and then we'd have to get in the dark, walk around, and try to find all our tennis balls and stuff. And I never thought tennis would be replaced. And certainly tennis has its place. It's still a high school competition, professional circuit, and things like that. But uh, you're seeing more and more parks and places that where, public, where people gather uh, that they're turning them into not tennis courts, but pickleball courts. In fact, right here in downtown St. George, there were, I don't know, I think three or four tennis courts, and they've turned those into eight pickleball courts now. No more tennis in downtown St. George. Why do you, how do you think pickleball was able to do that? What, what was different about it than any other thing that maybe came along that didn't quite make it? A couple of things are what come to my mind. Mm-hmm. The fun of the sport from the moment you set foot on the court is, I think, the major reason. Most people, whether they've played tennis before or not, 
come to the pickleball court and find that they can hit the ball over the net. They can continue to have a rally and not have to chase the ball the way I did when I was learning tennis. Yeah. Seems like that's all I had to do as a young person. Yeah. And, you know, the amount of time I spent actually playing was very small compared to the amount of time I practiced. That's not true in pickleball. You, some people are obviously better than others or have innate ability or bring with them like you would have skills from tennis. And that's great, but you don't have to do that. And I, the other reason is that you can play it on so many different levels, similar to tennis, in that you have the pros all the way down to the people playing at you know, the, the tennis court down the street. But it's, it, it, you can always just go find a game. Everybody's happy. Everybody jokes around. It's just some, such a fun sport compared to tennis, which seems more mm, staid. Yeah, yeah, a little more uh, conservative, I guess. Is that a word? Yeah, I guess word that's a good word. Uh, a couple of things about pickleball that I really loved, uh, Gail. Uh, first of all, um, it's a sport that my wife and I, so over the years, my wife and I have tried just about every sport under the sun to try to play together because we both, we both like to do things, but, uh, you know, a- a- athletic type things. But there has been a, uh, you know, because I'm a male and, and somewhat athletic and mm-hmm. she's female, even though she's somewhat athletic, not to the same level, we haven't found a sport that we were both fairly equal at. Until pickleball. I mean, we tried basketball and racquetball and tennis, et cetera, et cetera. We never did find that one sport where we were both pretty, you know, pretty, pretty much the same. And in pickleball, right from the get-go, we found that we both had a fairly uh, equal uh, uh, skill level. And as we have played more and more and gotten better and better, we both advanced skill level-wise together. That's one of the things I really love about pickleball. And you see that, Gail, when you go out and to these courts, you'll see – a 70-year-old and a 17-year-old, and they're out there playing. And, yeah, the 17-year-old can get around a little bit better, but that 70-year-old, it's a couple of pretty sharp shots. And, I mean, pickleball is really for everyone. And you're right. That's the other reason the sport is so popular. Children love it and are very good at it, again, just like their parents. So um, it is a sport for all ages, and it's, been a wonderful thing to help advance over the years when pickleball was an unknown sport and there was a time yeah we had as we still do actually ambassadors from an association Uh, these were people who of their own volition and no pay just went out trying to alert people that there is this wonderful sport and you should come and play when we didn't have any courts near us. I was living in California, and it's strange to think that California was late to this sport, but they yeah. were. I uh, had a pickleball. I mean, I had a tennis court not far from us. I used to go and tape off the court, and my husband and I would play, similar to what you were saying about your wife. And then suddenly, people would show up. And, what are you doing? Gee, that looks like fun. And then we had a foursome, and then there were people waiting and rotating in, and that's how the sport grew. And more and more people told more and more people, and suddenly we have pros now playing a circuit worldwide and making money off this sport, which is a fascinating thing.
Why do you think that uh, it it took so long? I mean, honestly, I, I've been playing sports my whole life. I, I love sports, uh, tennis, racquetball, basketball, ping pong, whatever it is I wanted to play. Love the competition. But, Gail, I never heard of pickleball until 10 years ago. I, I didn't even know it existed. I don't know. There were an awful lot of us trying to spread the word. Mm. Um, it, hmm. I, I know as a college student, it's funny because until you play pickleball, especially if you're a young athletic person, you're like, oh, I, I, that's an old people game. I, I would never play pickleball. And then you get these young people out there. And case in point, just last weekend or two weekends ago, I was out at these courts in downtown St. George, and I would say 85% of the people there were under the age of 25. Mm-hmm. The, the whole structure of the sport is changing recently and going to be a much younger crowd. That is one other thing. The investment in hardware, if you will, the, the courts themselves mm-hmm. and getting them built was a tough thing in the beginning. And nobody wanted to think about building pickleball courts. They right. didn't see the return on that investment. I remember in the city of Surprise, which is near where I live, the the moment came where they wanted to build a whole tennis complex for the city. And we went and argued with them in the city council meetings over and over saying, no, no, you don't understand. You should build pickleball courts because that's where we're headed. They didn't. And I honestly don't know how successful the tennis circuit's been here, but they have since built pickleball courts mm. and more and more and more. But they were originally confined more often to senior communities. And Hmm. so for that reason, young people didn't get involved, or younger people even. Right. Um, It's a sport now that is really proliferating because there are courts to play on. And I, I've got a story. Now, I need to get a commercial break in, Gail, but when we come back, I want to tell you the story about my experience with a professional player who, in disguise, kind of, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I found out the hard way that they were professional. But uh, And uh, also, uh, we want to talk about uh, the tremendous growth in pickleball and some of your experiences uh, with people that you interviewed who are, uh, are big pickleball fans. So uh, if you'll stay with us, Gail, I'd sure appreciate it. All right. All right. Uh, do I uh, want to take a chance to thank Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant here in southern Utah, and his focus is customer service. If you look online, incredible number of uh, reviews. Uh, well, not incredible number of reviews, incredible uh, rating for the number of reviews. 353 reviews online for Joe Shoney, and he averages 4.91 out of 5 star. Imagine if you had a restaurant and your food was rated 4.91 out of 5. Yeah, that's nearly perfect. Uh, Joe uh, puts himself out there says, please rate me online. I want to know what you think. This one's from Richard. He said, it's always been a pleasure working with Joe and his team. I'm thrilled with the results. Thank you very much, all of you, from Richard. Uh, the reviews go on and on and on like that. You can read all all 353 of them if you would like. Uh, or you can just give Joe a call, 435-590-6300, or email him, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. That's Joe Shoney, your local loan consultant. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back. It's 9.50 here on KDXU. We're talking, uh, well, we're lightening things up a little bit today. We uh, Everything's so heavy right now with coronavirus and riots and things like that, and racial tension, but we wanted to talk about something a little lighter today. We're talking about pickleball with the author of the preeminent book on pickleball. It's uh, Gail Leach. Their book is The Art of Pickleball. You can find it on Amazon or gailleach.com, and I guess just about anywhere else at this point, huh, Gail? Mm-hmm. It is in almost every store and it is also an ebook for those who wish to do it that way what was your now your book's been out quite some time but what was your overriding goal in writing a book about pickleball was it to get the word out was it to help people who already play to uh, develop their game was it to just kind of shed a little light on what pickleball is What, what was your goal in writing this originally i didn't intend to write a book i was making notes for myself Mm-hmm. Um, as a player who was struggling to learn more about how to do better what I was doing. And I went and bought the one book I could find at the time, which was a, a book by a marvelous player named Mark Friedenberg. Um, the thing was, I came from a writing background. Mm-hmm. I'd been a technical writer in my career before I retired. And I, I found myself wanting to organize it differently, to find more material and put it in here and there. And so the more I researched and talked to people, the more I realized I'm writing the book I went looking for. And so it evolved into the first version of The Art of Pickleball. It's now currently in the fourth edition, and I'm still working on the fifth. I keep saying it's going to be out there this year, and it hasn't (laughs) happened yet, but it will and for sure (laughs) it's amazing to have watched this sport evolve too um and so the books needed to change over time when i began this there were i think three kinds of balls Mm. um and maybe two kinds of paddles they were wood still and we had these um the paddles I told you made out of the core materials from the aircraft industry. Right. Uh, suddenly the, that all burgeoned and people were making paddles out of polymers and carbon fiber and the balls were being manufactured out of different materials too. And it's just been fascinating to see a whole array of industry come up around this sport as, as well. But as far as the book goes, it's just been a real journey in trying to write the best book I possibly could. This was designed to get someone up and running from no knowledge at all about the sport onto competitive pickleball. Hmm. And and it does. And I and I've enjoyed perusing it for the last couple of days. Um, one of the things that I've always said about pickleball is uh, anyone can play it. Now, you know, it's like a lot of sports in that anyone can do it. Anybody can shoot a hoop. But if you want to get good at it, you've got to put the time in and you've got to study and you've got to, got to get better. Uh, real quick story, Gail, and then I'll let you tell us some more about uh, about some of the people you have met. Uh, we were playing over at Sullivan Park in Washington City, which I know you don't know where that is, but our listeners probably do. And uh, we were playing with my daughter and her friend, and they were, you know, 16 and hadn't really played. And so it was, we were just kind of, you know, teaching them and tutoring them a little bit. 
And, of course, as beginners do sometimes, they got bored after a little while. Over on one of the other courts, we were actually the only ones in the, in the complex at the time. Uh, there was a younger couple, and they had a couple of little kids with them. And I put them at, you know, mid-20s. And um, we, uh, when my daughters got bored, they're like, hey, how about if we go offer to watch our kids and you play with them? And so my wife and I played quite a bit, three, four times a week. We thought, all right, let's, you know, they're younger, but we'll, we'll, we'll go play them. And so we played them a couple of games, and they beat us like 11-4, 11-3, right? You know, you, you figure they're younger, they're pretty good, you know, whatever. And uh, so I said, hey, why don't we swap, and it'll be guys against girls. I'll take, I'll take the husband there, and, and you take the wife, and we'll, we'll play. And... Uh, so I, as as we're getting ready to go, I, I leaned over to the guy and I said, "Now listen, our male eagles are, are at stake. We need to beat these ladies." And he said, "Well, he said, well, my wife's ranked number thirty in the world." And I said, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, do you, can you beat her?" He says, "Not usually." And so we played, and I realized as we started playing that she had been sandbagging. She hadn't been been trying real hard. She'd been hitting us a lot of soft shots, and, right? And uh, but every time she would hit it to her husband, she would break out the break out the big guns, <laughs> and it was it was pretty humbling. But these these two were really good. They're actually St. George residents. I'm, I never did catch their names, but yeah, they were really 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 good players, both of them. I actually asked him. I said, "What, what do you do? Uh, what, you know, what, what do you do?" And they said, "Well, we." He says, "I go to work. Uh, I come home. We play pickleball. And and my wife, she stays home, watches the kids. And when I get home, we play pickleball." And I said, "Well, what else do you?" He said, "No, that's that's it. That's our life right there." So, this is becoming true for a lot of people. Um, I introduced two younger friends. Well, I say younger; they're in their fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time. I think it was probably about 10 years ago. And I introduced them to the sport, brought them over here to where I live. We sat down, you know, got on the courts, told them how it worked. And they now have a court in their backyard that they built and live pickleball. People come there to play. They go to the other courts to play. You know, she is a real estate agent and she's not selling houses. They're playing pickleball. He's retired, so this is common. Yeah. Now, I, I will say this with pickleball. Uh, I was a tennis guy before pickleball, and when I first heard of pickleball, I'm like, oh, no, no, I, no I'm not going to play pickleball. That's not a real sport. That's not, right. you know, I, I'm a tennis guy. I mean, I, I can't play. And then I started playing, and I got my dad to play, and my dad is 85 now. He doesn't play anymore, but he played for a while, and, and I got my kids to play, and I got my wife to play, and, and, and you know, I don't want to make this a PR show about pickleball, but I'll tell you this, that this sport is just absolutely fun, and, and the real fun is when you find – uh, other people, but when you can play doubles, that's that's the real heart. That's the winner there for pickleball when you play fours. It is really the best game. Um, doubles is so much more fun than playing singles, which is great if you're younger, I think. Mm-hmm. But it the doubles, you're working with a partner. You have to talk to them. You have to find the, the sweet things that work between the two of you. And it's never, how can I put this? It's competitive, but it's never a problem. If you lose, you lose. It's a game. Even for the people who are so competitive, um, they generally don't play with anyone else. <laughs> the game is is such a fun game that people just won't take that. 
Yeah, yeah, good point. In fact, I've, I've, I've had to check myself. I'm a very competitive guy, and I've had to check myself and realize, you know what, this is just fun. And, you know, usually I get competitive when the guy on the other team is really into it and really bad wants to win. That's kind of when it, he gets my goat. But sure, <laughs> try, try to and, you, and you want to do that. That's, that's the competition. That's the fun. But, you, you know, it's a sport that manages to keep it in check, I think, enough that everybody can enjoy it regardless. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, Gail, we're down to a minute left. If you could maybe just tell me one or two things real quickly about pickleball that that uh, made you a believer in the sport before we go. Could you do that real quick? It is something that brings people of all ages together, as you said. It is a sport that unites people in an awful lot of fun and i'd say get out there find a court and people will bring you in and teach you how to play and you'll be hooked yeah yeah well said her book is the art of pickle mall you can find it on amazon and gaileach.com it's l-e-a-c-h by the way folks if you're if you're looking for uh, her name uh, gail thank you so much for coming on the the, the time goes so quick but uh, you were well spoken and, and i and i love your book Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate it. All right, Gail Leach, The Art of Pickleball. I encourage all of you to get out there and try it. I promise you won't be disappointed. There's a lot less running than tennis, which is a good thing in my opinion, and it's just a lot more fun, especially as you play doubles. Thanks for listening today. I'm Andy Griffin. I'll be back tomorrow. Dr. Blodgett will be on the show with me. We'll talk to you then.